This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 191. You know, I want to be able to produce not, not only just enough income for my family, but I also want to help support what we're doing in Haiti. So, you know, what would that be? And I kind of calculated it out and so forth. And I said, I want to do a thousand units. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Brandon Turner. What's up, man? Hey, not a whole lot. It's actually been the craziest real estate week of my entire life, probably in terms of sheer number of things going on. Two properties under contract, two duplexes, a house listed, a house sold, and a tenant moving out and going to list that one this week. All wow. within a seven-day period. It's been insane. Wow, you're, yeah. you're an impressive guy. I, it's just been a weird fall, you know? This has been, or summer, it's not quite fall yet. but uh, Not quite yet. Well, weird congratulations, as, as we say, mazel tov to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is outstanding. What does that even mean, mazel tov? What's it's that actually like, for? Congrats. It's yeah. like congrats. I mean, I know how people say it, but I don't know the like. Let's, let's hear you say it. Let's, let's hear you Ma- say it. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs> How'd I do? How'd I do? Not, not well, but that, oh, okay. that's okay. Well, we'll we'll not, work on it. I'm not Jewish. One day Sorry. soon, we'll train you, yeah, my right. friend. Thank you. My son, I will teach you. <laughs> well, that's great, man. Good news. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. What about you? What's been up? Uh, kids are back in school. Yeah, you know? you're uh, I mean, sitting at home watching soaps, watching your stories all day. Clearly, clearly watching my <laughs> stories, doing a whole lot of nothing now. No, you know, just dealing with that, get, starting to, you know, get back into the rhythm, the non-summer rhythm, which, you know, will be nice for the next, you know, nine months. And then we'll get back to the craziness. But yeah, things are good, man. Work is good. BP is going extremely well and uh we're been, growing we're hiring growing. yeah i hear we've been uh biggest days on the site ever lots of traffic people are traffic. About real estate. it just tells you real estate's getting popular it's, popular time it's it's popular and you know there are there are pluses and minuses there right? are there are we, pluses and minuses. you may be seeing a few markets that are looking we are seeing a few markets that are looking quite toppy and yeah so yeah you know when like the guy at the bank is like oh hey i got a question so my mom's looking to buy a house and i'm like ah yeah. oh, man you know it's like everyone you talk to now yep. is really starting to look which is great but it also is potentially a signal amongst others that you know yeah what do they call don't they call it like the somebody on one of our early shows talks about a taxi cab effect or something like that it's like when your taxi driver starts talking about how they want to invest in real estate it's time to get out yeah uh, i remember hearing that it was like one of the first like dozen episodes we did somebody said that and i, th- I always thought that was great yeah it, it is great but you know at the same time our goal here is you know we do want to encourage everybody to get out there and do it we just want them to do it in a smart manner you know yeah. you don't want people just randomly buying property Hey, I'm going to buy a house because my uncle and my cousin. No, no yep, do, that's true. That's you're you're going to go broke if you do that. Like, yeah. be be smart. Yep, know your numbers, all that. Hey, you want to see something cool? Not at all. Okay, well, those people who are listening do not get to see this, but those people who are watching on YouTube, this here is Rosie's first appearance on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Hey, Rosie, it's, look at you. Yeah, Heather just dropped her off here for me to do some uh, fathering. So I'm going to hang out oh. with Rosie here during our uh, introduction here. So anyway, nice, nice. with that. Let's get to this thing, man. Yeah, let's get to this thing. So today's uh, quick tip. All right, today's quick tip is I want to invite each and every person listening to this right now to next week's webinar. And I know we talk about the webinar a lot here, but there really is an important reason for coming to this coming week's webinar. We're talking specifically about how to use 
all the features and benefits of BiggerPockets to take your investment to a new level. I mean, there's a lot of cool hidden features on BP that most people don't even know about. We're going to talk about those, some ways that you can keep track of your properties better, some ways to do numbers better, some ways to just kind of some cool features that, you know, potentially attract private lending, all those cool things. How to use BiggerPockets to do it. You can sign up at biggerpockets.com forward slash webinar. I hope to see you guys there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is show 191 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. If you want to check out the show notes, go to biggerpockets.com slash show 191. And there you can ask questions to our guests. You could look at all the resources or, that we may be talking about and kind of give you a, a heads up of what the show's about. But today's guest is awesome, man. Uh, yeah. This is one of those people you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not worthy, right? I mean, like, <laughs> he's, he's he doing cool great stuff. things. Yeah for the world. And that's amazing. And what I think is the coolest is he's using his real estate business, not only to support his family, but also to support his cause and, yeah. and the causes that he supports. And that's, that's amazing. You know, we, we cover everything from, you know, he's a slightly older gentleman, not yeah. too old, but we talk about, you know, how to get started if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s and up. And we cover just everything else yeah. from turnkey to, to, you know, lots of buy and hold and tenant issues. So definitely listen up. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through rent to retirement. You can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, rental retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to renttoretirement.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. 
And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, guys, let's get this thing going. Today's guest, Bill Monacero, is a real estate investor in Southern California with an unbelievable story. You got to listen up. So let's bring him in. All right, Bill, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Hey, it's great to be here. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. No, you are. So much fun. No, no, you are. (laughs) No, you are. (laughs) I got to just start the show, Brandon. I'm just, you know, I know Brandon usually jumps off with this thing with the first question, but I'm going to just take the lead here because changing things up. Fascinated by you. (laughs) You're a fascinating man. Well, like we're doing our research, I'm looking and I'm like, Bill Menasaro, Google. Oh, wait, is he chilling with Oprah? What? <laughs> what? Dude, what is going on? Who are you? <laughs> All right, Bill. So you're a real estate investor, but we gotta we gotta we gotta take it back. We gotta get this whole backstory and figure out like how you got into real estate and like what's this Oprah business? Talk to me. <laughs> okay. You know, I just started as a poor little kid in the San Fernando Valley and uh, I uh, was a musician and kind of put my way through school. Uh, yeah, I was in the 60s. Okay. So, you know, I, I, nice. the best I can remember, I was a musician. No. <laughs> and, and I, you know, kind of. And it wasn't up, even legal back then. <laughs> it wasn't even. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, just kind of grew up and said, well, you know, I was trying to, the starving musician thing for a long while and uh, finally said, look, I got to go get a job. I got in the corporate world and advanced pretty fast, went in financial services, the airline industry, automotive industry. And then I just wanted to kind of, I got tired of kind of like working for all these other folks and decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I launched my own uh, businesses, uh, advertising agency, public relations agency, um, ended up moving into launching an internet startup. And just to see these, you know, my stock options just expand and grow and then the internet bubble burst and pretty well <laughs> just had a lot of paper that I couldn't use for much of anything. And then just, I don't know how far you want me to go here, but whatever, man, just, yeah, keep, just keep uh, we don't need to say anything at all. <laughs> better that way. No, and just ended up, uh, you know, kind of at the, right when the internet bubble burst, uh, my family and I, we decided actually, uh, I have a daughter, nine-year-old daughter, Ariana, and I had this dream to go to Haiti and build an orphanage and a school and a medical clinic and all this stuff. And so we went to visit, ended up coming back home after the visit, sold everything we had, went back to live in Haiti full time and started an organization called Child Hope International that you know has a we have a home for girls, a home for boys, a school, a vocational training, micro businesses, all these things to help out the kids in, in Haiti and did that for 11 years. And then wow. pr- pretty much at the end of that 11 year cycle, we're kind of looking at it, we're getting kind of old and we're kind of thinking, okay, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do? And um, I started looking at, okay, I, you know, I've been living on faith most of my life here. And so I need to do something, you know, uh, I have a little bit of money in an IRA when I was in the corporate side and stuff, but I, I was kind of looking at options. So while I was in Haiti, I started different things. I did an online business, sold things on eBay, got kicked off at eBay. And <laughs> <laughs> didn't last real long, but hey, it was good while it lasted. And, but I always had an interest in real estate. And um, so it just kind of 
you know, led to, I started reading, started doing research and so forth. And I, you know, I was thinking, well, I was going to flip, you know, and I was thinking, how can I flip homes from Haiti, you know, in the States? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be kind of tough That'd to be do. Story, yeah. <laughs> Although some people say they do it, you know, you'll have to find those guys and make them guess, I guess. But <laughs> so I, I was kind of going, well, I don't know if I can do that. And I got this kind of unexpected inheritance check and I said, gee, I, I got to do something. So I, you know, I'd been researching markets that I wanted to buy in if I could buy in and and basically hopped on a plane from Haiti, flew to Memphis, flew to Atlanta, came back to Haiti with three properties, wow. two single family and one duplex. So I was, there were turnkey, it was a turnkey, you know, company that I got started with. And that's really, that's kind of how it started. And as I started, exam, you know, we knew we were coming back to the States for sure. I was just kind of gearing up. I said, well, I wonder if I can grow this thing. And then it kind of just grew from there and started buying more properties and learning in the process. One of the things that really, you know, just kind of moved me is that, you know, here I was a senior, you know, I was like 60 years old, kind of looking at this, I'm getting started late. And I got turned on to you guys really early on. And uh, that was really helpful for me, actually, because there was, you know, a lot, a lot of anxiety doing what I was doing. And I had no clue what I was doing. And I would watch the pod, I would listen to the podcast, watch the videos. And then... Uh, Did we calm you, Bill? <laughs> That, Brandon's got quite. I have a common effect. Yeah, people tell me that. <laughs> I, I tend to stress people out. I think. <laughs> no, I, it was it was like great. Well, it was a little bit. I, I was a little bit. You know, you guys kind of jacked me up a little bit. But it was like it was good. <laughs> it, no, it was kind of good. You know, because you guys were like, you know, you're like challenging, you know, us to kind of like, okay, just do it. And that was really kind of the primer that actually made me hop in that plane. So, so I can, I got you, you guys to thank for that. But. In that process, I, I kept encountering other people that were seniors that had similar situations. A lot of people, that, you know, that lost, you know, their their pensions and so forth in 2007, uh, 2008. And, and so it just kind of evolved into more than that. And you know, I started kind of advising people and sharing what I was doing. And even though I really still am a, a considered a newbie, a real newbie here. But then it, started, it moved into a podcast and we started reaching out more to seniors and so forth. And, uh, you know, because they're in a unique situation. Yeah. So I, wanna, I, I actually want to talk about that people who are investing later in life like you said you were you were in Haiti you had a whole different life and all of a sudden like late in life I mean not late in life but you know on the uh, on the on the downhill you know Wait. coasting time hold on Brandon the, the foot it's hard to talk it's when hard to get the foot out of mouth. yeah I'm working on that on the later Bill, you're a youngster the as later as half as kind of decaying oh, yeah. and part of what you're trying to say and maybe one day you'll be able to live a real life but you know just think tomorrow you might die <laughs> Yes, exactly. Wow. Really up, the, I think it's okay to say later half when you're 60. That means you're living to 120, right? So we're going to assume <laughs> you're living to 120. So you're at like 60. You're basically reinventing your life here and saying, I'm going to do something totally different that I have never done before. So, you know, a lot of the Bigger Pockets audience, and I want to go back and talk about a lot more stuff that, you know, covering your story, but. A lot of our audience are 20-year-old you know, guys and girls, but a lot of them are also 40, 50, 60-year-old people who are you know, later in life. They're not 20 years old anymore. They're not you know, out there, you know, I don't know, you know, still learning how to shave. Like they're, they're you know, grown-ups, right? So do you have any advice for those people? Yeah. <laughs> do you have any advice for those people that are listening right now that are maybe later in life and they're looking at their retirements coming up soon? Like you know, it's, they can see the end. 
of you know working and they're like i need more money <laughs> Boy, that's pretty depressing <laughs> i heard i heard you do, I, yeah not I the DBS. end of their life the end isn't <laughs> I'm just gonna have this call and be really depressed. No, I'm um, no yeah. I, I I know what you're, you're saying, and uh, yeah, I think the main thing with this group of people is that you know you've got okay, if you've got some money in the bank and you're you're kind of like holding on to it, you're thinking, gee, you know what, what costs are going up, you know, cost of living and so forth, and you know what should I do? Should I invest in anything? But then I don't want to spend you know our our nest egg you know on something. Do I want to take a chance on real estate and stuff? And I think that that's probably the big you know there's that fear factor, and I guess it could go with any age, you know, people just taking the leap and, and getting started. But I, I really I would just say for those people really. Look, you know, listen to bigger pockets, you know, watch the videos and, and get an idea of people that are out there that are doing it. You know, I know uh, people like you've had Jeff Greenberg on the on your show. Yeah. Um, you know, he started later in life and, uh, you know, now he's he's doing he's doing gangbusters out there. And a lot of people that started after 50. And so, you know, start small if you're nervous and you're and you're uncertain about it. Get a duplex or, you know, even a single family home. But, um, you know, d- don't let your fear, you know, kind of just stop you from doing anything and then just get stuck. You know, you're you're just kind of like, you know, clipping coupons and hoping that you're going to make it, you know, to, you're not going to live too long, right? Well, we're laughing. <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I guarantee you there's a whole lot of, there's thousands of people right now listening to this show, nodding their head like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm waiting. I mean, I I, I yep. know people in my family who were like, you know, I don't know. Let's see, I'm I'm 65, I'm yep. 58, I'm 72, and I don't know. Let I get another 10, 20. How am I going to stretch what I got plus Social Security? Like that's that's not going to work. I mean, that's that's happening every single day to these people. And so, like your story, I think is so exciting and motivating because you know, like you were one of these people, and you're like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to sit around and you know wait until to my you know usable capital, usable resources diminish down to nothing. You know, I want to be more proactive and find a way to get presumably cash flow, you know, you're doing turnkey and other rentals to live off of, right? So that, I mean, that is that end all be all goal. I mean, you know, if you're investing in stocks, right, you're looking for, you're a lot more aggressive when you're younger, right? As you get older, presumably you're going to go far more the safe side of things, I would assume, than you would aggressive. Yeah. Right. Our focus, our focus is all on cash flow. I mean, it really is. I mean, that's it. You know, you're, I mean, if you get the equity part of it, great. You know, I mean, I think where I didn't want to be is a place where I'm so conscious about, you know, just watching every dollar I spend that, you know, if I've got younger kids, I've got daughters yet that, get married and so forth. I've, I've got, a, you know, I've got seven kids, so they're kind of spread all over the place. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> and if, you know, if they, something happens, you want to fly out and see one, you know, you don't want to think, oh, well, how much the plane tickets, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I want to be able to go where I need to go, you know, and spend time with them if they need it. If they need help, you know, buying their first house, I want to help them. You know, if they need a, they want the wedding of their dreams, I want to be able to do that. And, you know, I don't want to just live this life where I'm just, you know, I'm just like so concerned about every dollar that uh, you know, I don't don't want to be wealthy. I just I just want to be able to have access and be able to do the things that you want to do. You know, so. I love that. I love it. So you know, we talk to a lot of people in the podcast, and everybody's kind of got their own goals. And 
you know, there's no one path to success. We, we talk about this all the time. However, I think what you're saying is probably a pretty good generalization for, let's say, I'm not even going to say the 50 and up. I'm going to say like so even somebody my age. I'm 40. I got three kids, right? I'm thinking the same thing. Like I want to be able to have the, the resources and, you know, maybe a job's not, I don't see the end line with a job because, you know, it's, I'm capped by salary or wh- whatever it is, right? So, you know, I know Brandon kind of asked you, how would you start? You said, you know, slowly. But in terms of like just a broader strategy, right? Mm-hmm. What would you recommend somebody who's thinking about this from a similar mindset as you? You're not trying to be rich. You're not trying to be a bazillionaire. Yeah, I made mm-hmm. that word up, guys. But, Good word. you know, you want enough to be able to kind of freely jump around and take care of your kid and all that. But how does one get there? You know, because I think a lot of people look and they're like, well, by the time I get there, I'm going to be dead. Is yeah. that true? Does that have to be true? Um, you know, I think there's that process. First, it starts with education and just getting comfortable enough about investing. What do you need to do in terms of the types of properties you need to buy to get what you want to do? And then you set goals. And with those goals, you know, you look at some people, maybe they only need 500 more a month or a couple thousand a month or whatever, you know, and, and you'd look Again, you work your way backwards and uh, you look at, okay, if I buy this single family home and I finance it, you know, well, I'll get, you know, 200, 150 a month or whatever it is. And how many of those do I have to get to get that extra amount? Yeah. Or you look at a multifamily, which I, I personally think is better, you know, um, getting a, a multifamily where you can, you know, how much per door and you can start to plot out how many doors do you need in order to get to your goal. And yeah. I think that's really where it starts. I love that. And I, and I think that applies to everybody. Listen, not just people who are later in life, but I mean, everybody was, if you can look at, you know, this is what I need to quit my job. I mean, we talked about that with Clayton Morris back on, I'm not sure what episode it was, but a while back. The freedom member, uh, yeah. yeah, the freedom member, right? Like pick that, what, how much do you need to retire? So for me, my, my initial goal when I was 23, I think it was, I wanted 3000 a month. I thought that was rich. I'm like, man, if I had 3000 a month, so I set the goal. I said, I want 30 units making a hundred bucks a month each after everything's said and done. And I went out and just worked my tail off to get it. It took me like three or four or five years to get there. And I got there and I was like, all right, I did it. Well, let's, let's push to the next goal. And so, you know, so I raised my numbers and, but I mean, like no matter what age you're at, like set a goal, set a number, work backwards from that. And and you got it. I love that bill. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's, like let, let's transition back a little bit and go talk about your story. First of all, I wanted to address, Josh mentioned earlier, Oprah. So that was because <laughs> of the Haiti thing, correct? Right. So right. you guys were there for the earthquake, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we went there, gosh, I think it's like 2004. You know, we've been through everything from major coups to, you know, just all kinds of diseases that kind of flow through Haiti on a regular basis. We've had attempted kidnappings that uh, uh, my wife and daughter just barely escaped from. We've had earthquake uh, hurricanes. And I mean, it's it's just been, it was an incredible ride. I mean, we absolutely love it. You know, I mean, I've had uh, dengue fever and malaria at the same time. (laughs) All of my kids have had malaria. I mean, we're, you know, we're pretty, you know, we've been through it. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it was just been an incredible experience and I wouldn't replace it for anything. I mean, I loved every minute of it. But when I hear it, being in a room with Oprah, you, it's, it's like staying at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. My, uh, my daughter wrote to Oprah when she was like, when she had this dream, like she was eight or nine years old. She had written her, never heard back from her or anything. And uh, I guess it was probably, well, my daughter wrote when she was eight or nine, Oprah t- made her first trip to Haiti like um, my daughter was like 
20. And so she was coming to see Sean Penn initially and uh, was going to interview Sean Penn and wanted to, you know, see something else in Haiti. And she went through her archives and found my daughter's email. I mean, who holds emails that long? Especially Oprah. You know, how many? Anyway, she found this email and she goes, I want to go see this little girl and see if her dream came true or whatever. And, uh, so that that's kind of where it started. And so she did this like this big special on Haiti, Donna Karan or some designer, I don't know. Uh, Karen, yeah, Donna Karen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Donna Karen, us and Sean Penn. And yeah, she came in and was very gracious, really, you know, really, really sweet. And she had her crew. They just lived with us for like a week before she even came over. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of, you know, filmed the, the kids and all the different things that we do and so forth. And then she just showed up and, you know, we just spent the day with her. And uh, it was great. It's really, yeah, it was really a really blast. That's yeah. cool. That's awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, let, let's let's dive back. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's yeah. it's pretty neat um, for sure. And, uh, you know, one of those unique life experiences along with dengue, malaria, and all the <laughs> other fun things you got to see. So you said you started with turnkey. What What's a turnkey property and why did you start with that? And how, how was that experience for you? You know, I was really, I didn't intentionally set out to do turnkey. I just knew I wanted to buy some properties. And uh, I actually got this Email. I was getting emails from this lady that was uh, sold a lot of U.S. properties to Asians. You know, people from all over China. She's her company is based in Singapore. Okay, so, a red flag right there. I should have thought before. Okay, but anyway, so she basically had been sending me all these emails, and but she was in all the markets I wanted to be in. So I, you know, I. Wow, that sounds kind of good. You know, I wouldn't have to go in there and fix the property up. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about like. CapEx stuff, you know, like, does it need a new roof? Because they put new roofs on, they do all this stuff. I wouldn't even have to find tenants, you know, because they already got tenants in place and stuff. So, so I just said, you know, I just kind of <laughs> fell hook, line, and sinker. This is why, you know, I, I just filter out a lot of my emails. But I, no, no, but I, I just, that it seems so easy. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I literally, when I flew there, I, I purchased these properties in cash. So I didn't even have to deal with banks or financing or anything. So that's that's kind of how I did turnkey, and I said, this is great. I mean, I'm going to buy all my properties turnkey. And then as I held the properties, things started to happen, and, and it wasn't such a perfect picture. Well, so, so, what, yeah, so what happened? I mean, what was the experience like? Well, at first it was, was really good. You know, I had the tenants. You know, I, I, I like paid for the property the next month. You know, I had three three uh, different properties, three checks. You know, I didn't really get checks in the mail. I don't think anybody gets checks in the mail anymore. But it went into my <laughs> into my account. Okay, so I go look at this. This money just shows up. This is so cool. And I just bought the property. You know, so I'm just sitting here going passive income, man. I'm just rocking. I'm just having so much fun. And then um, strange things started happening. And I found out that you know one of the tenants disappeared. And I go, what do you mean disappeared? Yeah, they just. They just, they're gone. So I go, well, we got to replace them with another tenant. And so, you know, I had a property manager in place. This was a property in Memphis. And okay, we're going to try and try and find you a tenant. And then all of a sudden the other one disappears. And I'm going, okay, wait a minute. I got two vacancies. (laughs) This wonderful little cash cow here is all of a sudden, but, but I, but I was really thankful because I had a six month guarantee that they would cover my rent Ah. for six Ah. months. And that was so one this of the was that, something through the company. That yeah, that, that, that was part of their offer. It, also, again, I think a red flag, but nonetheless, uh, it was like, you know, they said, okay, so I'm just kind of sitting easy going, you know, find them some tenants, no problem. Well, they just weren't finding any tenants. And it's getting closer and closer to the end of my six-month 
you know, grace period here and I'm freaking out. So, um, you know, I, I, I get, you guys have had like four months and you haven't found any tenants for this place. So now I'm freaking and I'm, and I'm already on BP. Okay. So I, I, I go to the forums and I start writing stuff in the forums. I go, okay, I got this property. I don't, I'm, I ran out of my, I told the whole story, just what I told you. And, and I was so, I got just a whole variety of, you know, feedback, you know, from like, you know, lose that dog. It's in a war zone. You know, take the loss. You know, <laughs> you know. I'm like crying. You know, reading some of these things. You know? <laughs> and then um, it's not know, all flowers and sunshine, right? Yeah. You know, like you just got duped. You got taken. You know. And I'm going, oh man. You know, I'm just getting just depressed. And uh, but then a couple of you know kind of positive voices emerged from. And I, I, you sh- I mean, there's a, a long trail of you know you know feedback that went on in this. Uh, this little forum piece. And, you know, one guy kind of came up and he started asking me more specific questions. Well, tell me about it. And he goes, well, he goes, first off, I know the neighborhood. It's not a war zone. So I was going, okay, good. I go, and he grew up in that, in that area. And so he's kind of like encouraging me. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And then he, he, go, he opens up, he goes, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm an investor, but I'm also a property manager. I go, seriously? And he goes, yeah. And I go, would you take this property? And um, <laughs> anyway, so cut a long story short, he basically, you know, switched over. He had this place rented in like three weeks, both sides. I mean, just boom. And they were paying probably like 10% more than what I was getting in rent. And uh, so I'm just like freaking out. And I wrote this whole big, you know, thing at the end of this, you know, forum because all these people had been wondering what was going on or whatever. And I wrote this whole deal to talk about this end to this perfect ending here, perfect story. And that, and that, uh, you know, that kind of, that, it just ended on a really great, great, place. But I found out that we, you know, these tenants were like, they were like squatters that were, that were kind of put in there by the, the owners and they weren't really real tenants and they were just kind of placeholders so that they could sell the property. And so, yeah, so to cut a long story short, yeah, that was like the deal. And so, you know, I had another property from them and I was kind of concerned about, but, you know, I, I, I was okay in Atlanta, um, the other property that I was concerned about. Can I ask um, a few questions based upon what you just said? You bet. All right. It's my show. Of course I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how did you, are, are you for sure that they were squatters? How did you discover that? And for those people who are thinking about renting from a, a turnkey company, like how, how would they know? We, we, we talk to a lot of people about making sure that you do your homework when you are inheriting a tenant, you know, learning as much as you can. And, you know, oftentimes it's not in your favor to do so. In fact, I think we talked about that in last week's show, right, Brandon? You've, you're, yeah. you've inherited some that you got to get rid of right now. So how would somebody, how does somebody deal with that? How does somebody make sure that that's not the case? Let's start with that. Yeah, I, well, okay, like I said, I, I went into this thing with blinders on, and that was my problem, is I just totally trusted this turnkey company. I did no due diligence. I mean, you know, these things could have been on a toxic waste dump, and I wouldn't have known it, you know. So that was that was my my learning experience in the process is that even if you buy in turnkey, do the same due diligence that you would, you know, including the inspections and everything else, you know, just to make sure you've got what's right. And, and that was, that was my, my problem is that it just sounded too, you know, too good to be true. Cause I kind of made it too good to be true. Yeah. And if I, if I would have done my due diligence, it wouldn't have been a problem. 
Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great advice. I mean, I, I think it's, it's easy to look and say, hey, you know, it seems like this company's got a good reputation. I'm going to just go ahead and trust them. It sounds great. You know, particularly, I mean, you know, since we've somewhat been talking about folks who are a little bit older, you know, I think a lot of people do prey on folks. So, yeah, I love that. I love that advice. You know, do your due diligence, do your homework. And if you need help, if you're not sure what to ask, if you're not sure what questions, I mean, that's what the forums are for on Bigger Pockets. You know, get get the community to help you do what you have to do or know what you have to know in order to, to vet a company like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, seriously, I would, and I'm, and I'm kind of doing this on my own. So I, you know, yeah. I have a partner or anything. And so, you know, going to BP was like, you know, these guys were awesome. You know, they, they, it really does give you uh, that kind of feedback you need, you know, to, to yeah. make good decisions. Cool. So what, what happened next? You've got, you know, these, these three properties, where, where did, where did the, the pathway lead you? From there, well, I, I, you know, I said I wanted to grow it, and you know, it, so in that was year one, it was like 2014, and it was at that time I said, where do I want to, where do I want to take this thing? And I said, you know, I want to be able to produce not not only just enough income for my family, but I also want to help support what we're doing in Haiti, and uh, so you know, what would that be? And I kind of calculated out and so forth, and I said I want to do a thousand units, and. Um, you know, so I start. I looked at what would I have to do to get a thousand units, and I thought, well, if I could double the number of doors I had each year in six years, I could have a thousand units or more than a thousand units. And so, so that's kind of what I did. You know, the first the first year, I, I you know had the it was equivalent of four doors, and then so I had to get eight doors the next. I bought a duplex, but that was at the same year we were coming back from Haiti, so it was kind of a crazy thing. We also adopted two Haitian kids, so we're, we're in, like in the midst of a lot of stuff. So, so all I got were my, you know, was that duplex I bought in Indianapolis. So, and then, but I still had to hold true to that. So in year three, which I'm in right now, I bought a 22 unit. And so I'm, you know, kind of playing catch up. And that's kind of my, my thing is I'm trying to double each year if I, if, if I can do that. Um, yeah. and, uh, until I reach a thousand units. That's cool. Wow. Well, and, and what I like about that, that idea of scaling up that way is it's very like, Reasonable, you know, to go back to the conversation we had a lot earlier about somebody who's 50, 60 years old and saying, well, I don't have 30 years of my life to go on, but you could, you know, think of it. What if you bought one property this year and bought mm-hmm. two next year? I mean, that's reasonable. Right. And then you could do four and then could you do eight, 16, 32? I mean, like it doesn't take that long exponentially to scale up to a lot of units in a, in a, in a decade you can have a massive portfolio. That's cool. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true. And, and what, what I did is like, since I paid cash for the first three, yep. uh, the second one I was going to also pay cash for too because I had the funds, but I didn't have any credit. I mean, zero. I, I, I've been like debt free for 20 years, you know? So I was realizing, you know, if I'm going to actually apply for a loan, I'm going to be turned down because I don't even think I'm even, <laughs> you yeah. know, in, in any of these loans. Yeah, I mean, I just have no history. So I financed the... Uh, this property in Indianapolis, the duplex. I mean, it took forever. It was like almost impossible, but I got it because it was a it was cheap property, so it didn't cost much, you know. But then I you know start. I've been building up my credit since then. But the idea is, you know, you can you can invest in cash and get into something. You can refi later. Use that, you know, so to to purchase a you know do a down payment on another prop bigger property yep. and you know keep going from there. Yeah, yeah. On that that Indianapolis, so the first few were in Memphis. You now have a property manager you're happy with, and right. you said, ah, yeah, "I'm going to go and buy in Indianapolis." Great, you know. Now 
do you know Indianapolis at all? Or did you, again, go and find a, a turnkey company to, to help you with that? Or, or how, how did that purchase kind of come about? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the areas I was researching. It looked like a perfect market. You know, there's certain markets that are booming. There's others that are just steady and just kind of on the increase and are great for cash flow. You know, I bought this uh, duplex for like 50, 50 51,000, I think. And, you know, great. It was a great buy. Yeah. To answer your, your question, they were kind of a turnkey company and they, they had presented themselves. In fact, they advertised on BP and as a turnkey company, they, and that, that was another issue for me because I was, um, you know, I, I couldn't be there to fix it up. And so, you know, they had a, they did all the rehab. Everything was ready. They had tenants in place. And, you know, it was much easier for me on that end to, to do the turnkey thing. But I, I think, you know, as I get into bigger units, you know, it's just there aren't a lot of turnkey apartment buildings and, and so forth. So, you know, I'm kind of easing away from that. But I think it's a good place for people to start. Um, definitely do your due diligence, research your companies, you know, get references. Like, like I should have gone on BP and like said, here's this company that I, I'm, you know, I want to do business with. Does anybody know them? Have they dealt with them? But I didn't do that, you know, and yeah. uh, I think it's really important to, you know, just to vet the turnkey company really well make sure you know they're all this they say they're going to be cool and so so yeah. this year you went you bought a 22 unit so you you'd had a few turnkey properties and you're like yeah you know what i got this i'm i'm buying 22 <laughs> units was was there management in place or no no yeah, I had to find, I had to put a team together. And luckily I was already in Indianapolis. So I, you know, I did, I had an attorney there. I had, I, I had a property management, but I didn't think that they could handle the, the larger property. And so I, you know, I still had to, still had to put more people together. But basically in the process, you know, from the LOI all the way to, you know, to ask, you know, closing of escrow, I'm putting a team together and you know, for the property and had to, you know, and I'm doing rehab right now um, as we speak, doing, you know, upgrade. And it's a value add deal. And how did did you did you say how you found that? On that one, I found actually on uh, LoopNet. Okay. And I found on LoopNet it had just been sold, and uh, I was real bummed about it, and and, and uh, had put in an offer, uh, like a backup offer, and uh, months months later they call me and they say, you know, if it, you want it, it's yours. And uh, I mean, the process went much longer than that because I also went into financing. Now I'm financing a bigger property. It's not like, you know, it's not under five units. So now, you know, it's a commercial property and just went through, you know, a really, luckily there was a wonderful uh, seller that worked with me. And uh, I don't know, I think the whole process took probably about seven or eight months. It wow. was really, yeah, a long-term deal. Yeah. Can well, you talk about that? Sorry. Yeah. Initially, I think uh, when you're in a new market like that, you rely a lot on brokers for your referrals. And uh, my broker had said that Wells Fargo was uh, was lending and looking to lend and commercial in Indianapolis. So I contacted Wells. You know, they, they knew my situation. I didn't have a long credit history because I haven't been, you know, doing anything for 20 years. And uh, they were they they were willing to work with me and uh, they were going to do both the cash out refi on the properties in Atlanta and Memphis and um, they were going to also do the commercial side of it. So I mean, this is great. So I worked with them for about, oh gosh, it probably was about three months. It was the longest ordeal I'd ever gone through. And at the end of it, it came down to, well, you don't have W-2 income. <laughs> I go, well, oh, you knew it. On, you knew I didn't have W two income when I when I got into this. And it has ten ninety nine income, and so yeah, they turned it down. So now I'm like, 
okay, the clock is ticking. I've got, you know, earnest money. I've got all these things I'm, I'm, you know, I could lose. And so I got a referral for mortgage brokers and I talked to a bunch of different ones. And, you know, a lot of that just didn't develop. Finally, one guy came through and I paid through the nose. It wasn't really hard money, but it was as close to hard money as you could get to get that financing done. Did the property support that financing or did you have a strategy knowing that you were going to pay so much more as a percentage for the financing that you know you, you needed to kind of alter what your plan was. Yeah, I it worked within the plan that I had, but it was really really tight because we were counting on you know immediate rent increases as well as reducing some key expenses, and uh, we kind of ran into a, a little bit of a glitch because my property manager we had a, a, an aggressive. Program is going to over a two month period. We were going to do rehab. We were going to increase the rents and so forth. And in that process, he had a family tragedy, and it just kind of changed my whole timeline. But uh, we've been okay. We've been you know kind of doing it month to month, but we're a little behind schedule. And uh, I was hoping we'd be able because the mortgage payments are, are pretty big, and uh, yeah. it's a little concerned about that. Is your plan then you're going to refinance the property? I'm assuming to get lower mortgage payments soon. I yes, as soon as I can. Yeah. So, anybody listening, if you, you know, no. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> do it, do it. You got so, an audience. So when it's all said and done, I mean, like you're, you're repositioning this apartment complex, which takes a lot of work, takes a lot of effort. You don't make a lot of money, if any, during the process. But after it's all said and done, what do you expect it to bring in per month? Like, do you have a estimate on what you think it'll bring in? Well, I did this little thing on BP here. Oh, look at that. Oh, the, rental, okay, the Bigger Pockets okay. Rental Property Calculator, which you can get to at biggerpockets.com slash calc. There you go. And this says that I'm going to make a lot of money on that <laughs> property. So, oh, good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it will, it, you know, it, it was a, Amazing, uh, you know. I, I think uh, you know the property. I I offered or bought it for three fifty. It was appraised for four hundred. Uh, you know, it's a very low cost property for twenty two units. But um, yeah. you know, had a great cash on cash um, and uh, cap rate. Everything was you know very attractive. So there's there was a lot of room in there, a lot of wiggle room, and uh, we've been able to increase uh, already about seventy five percent of the rents. So we've we've cool. come pretty far. Yeah. But uh, we've got some vacancies that resulted in, in that process that we're trying to fill as quickly as possible. But yeah, I think we're going to, you know, it's going to net uh, probably about 5000 or so That's a awesome. month. That's yeah. awesome. So That's really good. one more question for you before we move on to the fire round is, what is it like managing a rehab from a long distance? And I ask that for kind of selfish reasons because like I want to buy an apartment building and I probably have to go out of my area. And I like repositioning things. I like the Burr strategy, right? Buy, rehab, yeah, rent, so refinance. Yeah, I love that stuff. So I've never done a massive rehab from far away. So what can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's it's just kind of like getting started in real estate investing. It's the same deal. <laughs> you know, you got to just do it, you know, yeah. and then you learn in the process. So I, you know, that's, yeah, I would, I, there's times when I go, I just want to be there. I want to be able to deal with this. Yeah. And part of why I'm investing out of, out of the, out of state is because I want to be a passive investor. And yeah. if it were down the street from me, I'd be there every day. And it would not be, you know, uh, that, that passive income stream. I would be, I'd be working full time. And so that's kind of, yeah, there's some real drawbacks. At times, you're going to want to pull your hair out, and you're going, "I hate this out-of-state investing." But <laughs> believe me, I think once it's set up, you know, and it's running smoothly, then it's it's you know it's okay. But you gotta you gotta understand there are going to be some bumps and grinds there. You know, it's yeah. I, there's no way around it. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. 
Um, my, my last question it ties back to the property. So how do you actually go about repositioning it? So obviously you want to raise the rents, right? You've got 22 units. What's the strategic process? You're not, you can't, I'm assuming you're going in, you're fixing up some of these units, you're cleaning the outside of the building up, you're doing things like that. What does that look like for you in this particular property? And what was the strategy? What was step one, two, three, four, and you know, the steps that have yet to come? Well, you know, we had an advantage in that the rents were already under market, which was was the plus. So we could come up to match market pretty easily. I think most people knew that they had a great deal. But sort of the, our, our strategy was to, one, to come in and let people know that this is going to be a better place to live. And with that, you know, first thing we did is just start fixing things. And uh, there was a, you know, a door, you know, the security was off. We had to put in brand new doors on front and back of this building, which really expensive. And we did a lot of nice stuff on the outside. And then we started tackling the common areas. And when they see that you're really serious about making it a better place to live, the people are a lot easier to go along with it. So, you know, hitting the common areas, you know, trying to make this place, trying to bring back almost some, you know, it's a building built in 1925. So we're kind of trying to bring back that feel that, you know, trying to track also, you know, the, what I call in that area, they're the kind of the hipster Hoosiers, you know, and, uh, you know, nice. and yeah. And, uh, that crowd that you know, doesn't mind, you know, the, that kind of a place. And so in that process, we're, you know, we're also rehabbing units as people leave too, and trying to bring them up a, a few steps. So, so that's it. You know, we, I think we also had a little thing where, you know, we were doing, window air conditioners we were adding as a you know as a little incentive if you signed up at this particular time and so forth that's cool. gotcha. so start with the curb appeal the outward presentation of right. the building and the inside common areas shows the tenants hey you know like because if you start with the units themselves not everybody gets gets the benefit right so if you, right. If you do the outside and you do the areas that people share suddenly the entirety of the building benefits and they can see that you're you you mean business here you're here to turn it around and you know, then it, you kind of can start justifying rent increases and things like that. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we have uh, some of the people that we kind of inherited that were there, and they're real nice, real nice people, but are, are like on disability and so forth. And sure. and and one guy that came out, he uh, you know has a, a prosthesis leg, and he just got really pumped about it, and he just said, "Can I help? You know, can I can I keep the hallways clean? Can I you know can I, can I do this? Can I do that or whatever?" And so we gave him a little job, gave him a little you know bonus or whatever, uh, so he could be kind of like our on-site uh, caretaker and uh, he's just loving it because he's yeah. just usually sitting home all day and yeah. and now they're taking pride in the place that they live in so it really really did make a difference and you know the, and we're, we're not done yet we want to put in like security cameras and some other things just to really show them that we we care you know yeah i love that yeah. i think it's awesome and, and for everybody listening I, I think you know it's hard for some people to understand like oh my god it's this big thing i have to go and spend you know, ridiculous amounts of money to turn over the entire property at one time. And you don't have to, right? I mean, what, what, what's your no. plan on turnover? Is it like, you know, two year, three year, four year? What, how long are you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, we, if we can stay on track within the next three years, I would hope that this property would have increased significantly in, in nice. value. Um, we'll have to see, you know, um, especially if I can refinance it sooner, you know, then it'll make it a little bit, I'll, I'll hold on to it longer. I might hold on to it for forever. Who knows? But yeah. I, I'm looking at maybe let's, you know, let's 
stop and assess it three years and and see see where we're at. Maybe want to leverage into another property or something. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, makes sense. Thanks, Bill. That's great. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Well, before we get out of here, let's transition over to the world famous fire round. It's time for the fire round. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I lock my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day. 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're ready to open a business bank account for your new property. You know what that means. Coordinating a time between you, your co-founders, and your bank consultant. Waiting at the branch or waiting for hours on the support line. Who has time for that? With Relay, you can open a business bank account for your property 100% online from anywhere. Create up to 20 accounts to organize money by property or by categories like expenses, taxes, or investments. Effortlessly collaborate with role-specific access. That means giving your cleaner a debit card for cleaning supplies or your accountant read-only access to your transactions transactions. Own multiple businesses? Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access them all from one centralized login. Okay, I'm just, I'm going off script here. That is cool. It's annoying that I have to log into 10 business accounts with my current bank. So go sign up for RelayFi because that's a, that's a feature that I like. No monthly fees or minimums, and it takes just 10 minutes to sign up. Head on over to RelayFi.com slash BiggerPockets for stress-free banking. You can join me because I'm heading on over there right now. I'm heading on over to R-E-L-A-Y-F-I.com slash bigger pockets. Relay is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by ThreadBank, member FDIC. The Relay Visa debit card is issued by ThreadBank pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc. and may be used everywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? 
Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from Price for Life offer and may be increased. All right, let's do the fire round, Bill. You ready for this? Uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready. All right, can you handle the heat? All right, number one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> number one, what are some good questions to ask a turnkey company to vet them? I'm about to talk to one. First, you get a, get a list of, of references, and they're probably going to give you people that love them anyway. But uh, yeah, I would you know, I'd ask for references right off the bat. And uh, I, I think uh, another thing you'd want to want to find out too is, uh, you know, can we talk to the property manager who's actually going to be managing the properties? Usually, you're talking to some salesperson, but I want to talk to the property manager. I want to see what they're all about, and you know, f- find out, uh, you know, just find out their their philosophy and so forth. Yeah, right on. Good right stuff. On. All right, so should I start with single family or small multifamily as a new investor? I would say small. Multifamily. It, it just, you know, I'm talking duplex minimum to get started. It just, there's just, I don't know. Once you're in multifamily, I just find that there's it's just so much better. You know, it, it, if you have a vacancy, it's not 100% vacancy. You know, the duplex, it's a 50% vacancy. You know, the, with an aplex, it's, you know, and, and so forth. You, you, it's, it's just, to me, I think the best the best way you can go is, is starting with the, if you can. If you're not comfortable doing that, you know, a lot of people because they bought a home, they feel comfortable buying another home. You know, something a three bedroom or whatever, and, and that's cool. But I'm just finding economies of scale are just so much better with multifamilies. Yeah, yeah. and risk mitigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. For sure. Uh, number three, how do I get my spouse on board with all of my real estate goals? Uh, I was going to ask you guys that question. <laughs> <laughs> No. Bribery. My wife, uh, no, she's she's excited about it, but she's not involved at all. And she just kind of cheers me on and stuff. And and that's cool. But yeah, it's it's funny because I know some I know one guy investor I just saw uh, recently in Boston and and his you know, he had to like he had to do all cash. Like he was he was he was doing these transactions on the side, trying to build his 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 <laughs> real estate investment uh, investments and then come to his wife and say, Yeah, look at all this money we've made. You know, <laughs> I don't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it behind my <laughs> But I think the main thing is, you know, you got to share your goals with them and not talk in terms of doors, number of doors, number. No, you're talking about, hey, this is Vienna's wedding. Okay, this yeah. is going to be, you know, Elijah's soccer club. This is going to be, you know, and, and when she sees stuff like that, you know, it's like, oh, that's cool. So when's it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that. That's I do like actually that. really cool. You tie a certain property or number of doors to... You know, this is this is prep school, or this is college, or this is yeah, like you said, the wedding. I, right. I yeah. that's really cool. I I'd not heard that before. Well, that's what I did for uh, the fourplex I bought recently. It was it's Rose's college education. I said that's I'm going to buy this fourplex, and in, I'm going to put on an 18 year mortgage. And I'm going to pay it off in 18 years, and when it's paid off, it'll be worth about 200 grand. And she can have that to do what she wants with it. She can go to college with it or she can, you know, use it for business or start something or, you know, invest in real estate herself. I don't care. It's hers. You better go to college. Yeah, 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 we'll see. (laughs) That's that's great. That's so great. Yeah. All right. 
last question of the fire round, nice and long one here. I am working on my first deal for buy and hold property. It's currently rented and managed by the property manager that handles my existing property. They just fixed up the property, placed a renter in there a couple months ago. Everything seems fine to me, but should I request an inspection on the property before purchasing it from them? Yeah, always. I I think, um, man, I mean, I found out so much in each inspection that I've had. In many cases, it affects the price of the property too because there are fixes there that they really need to do before you move in. So yeah, I would never, ever assume that everything, I, I think people that own buildings don't even know the, you know what the, what their buildings are really all about until an inspection happens. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. on. Cool. Agreed. I just did did one yesterday, and I found powder post beetles that had rotten out the foundations. So I would not oh. have known that had I not done wow. the inspection. Yeah. I got to deal with that today. But anyway, all right, cool. That was great. Uh, good answers for the fire round. So last segment of the show, Bill. Let's shift over to the. World famous. Famous for. All right. These are the same four questions we ask every guest every week, and I know you've heard them before. So let's uh, see what you got to say. Number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Okay. That's hard because you know you read so many of them. Mm-hmm. It's always the most recent I'm reading. But, yep, me too. <laughs> um, but really, you know, I, as I, you know, again, I don't, don't want people to think that you guys hired me, you know, to come in here and promote VP. But no, it was the, it was the, uh, what do you call it? The ultimate beginner's guide. Yeah. yeah. That, that really got me started. And it, gave me enough information that I felt confident that I could do it, you know? So I think anybody, and it was like free. And I was kind of going, uh, I I don't know if it's still free, but um, yeah. And I was just going, gee, this is great stuff, you know? And I, I I don't know, to me, that was like the, I don't know, just a a good start. And then I, I kind of went into the ABCs of uh, real estate investing uh, with McElroy. Um, and then recently, the big one I'm really high on is low or no money down. And I still haven't, still haven't done any, any deals yet, but I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to understand it so I can do it. And I'm coming up on one where the seller financing that might happen for an eight unit. So ah, fancy. That's awesome. Cool. cool. By yeah, the way. No, that's great. And he did not have to name Bigger Pockets. Yeah, he did folks. not, but I like that. And but I'll give you some I, quick links for people listening. If you want to read the UBG, if you've not read it, the Ultimate Beginner's Guide, you can get it at biggerpockets.com slash UBG. It's also on Kindle for free, and it's on the site for free. You can download the PDF for free, and we have a free video course that accompanies it now, which most people don't know about. You can get to that at biggerpockets.com slash courses, and uh, the no and low money down book, you can get at biggerpockets.com slash no money. All right. All right. Favorite business book, non-real estate? Yeah. I kind of I kind of throw rich dad poor dad into that category because sure. you know I I think it's you know got me to think in a different way about assets you know I mean to the point where I, I was like freaking out when I had to buy a car and I was going but it's not going to generate an income maybe but maybe my, my my son can do a Uber or something and, yeah. and, get, yep, yep. and generate funds with you, nice. you know I mean <laughs> you just kind of get thinking you know in a different different mindset I love that that's funny that's great yeah. And, sure. and the other, the other one's four day work week, um, which I mean four hour, four hour, four hour, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, four day. Right now it's four day, but no, <laughs> four. <laughs> I want to be four hour. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Yeah, those are both nice. excellent books. I actually just watched the uh, TED talk uh, that Kiyosaki did recently. I thought it was excellent. So, oh really? Yeah, it's, uh, he did a TEDx talk. So it's on YouTube. Check it out. Cool. Cool. All right. You're a man of the world, saving the planet, you know, <laughs> helping people out. I mean, to that, we, we all owe you a debt of gratitude. And, and, but surely beyond that, you have some things that you do for fun. What do you and your wife and family, what do you guys like to do? 
Wow. Uh, you mean like a, a wingsuit flying and uh, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. jumping and stuff like that? So he no. saves the children, hangs with no. Oprah, and jumps. No, I, I don't uh, do any of that. <laughs> That's awesome. Bill, not bad for a guy who might die tomorrow. Well, I figure, you know, I'm going to leave soon anyway. <laughs> yeah. so well no, you own the bag. Okay. Uh, I really, the, the thing I love doing in my spare time, hanging with my kids, hanging with, you know, my grandkids. And, you know, I'm an I'm old musician. I like to hang out with dinosaur musicians and play, you know, and, and, and jam garage band style, you know. Whoa. So, yeah, that's, that's, those are the things. I what, really do you, like. what do you play? I play guitar, piano. Nice. Yeah. That's well, basically. we'll have to jam someday, me and you, Bill. Yeah. Josh right can on. come too and he can sing. He's a good singer. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want that. <laughs> I, I've never heard Josh sing, but I'm, just, I'm yeah, assuming you, you're a good singer. You do not want me to sing. I, I, will, I, will, just, I will just say it's, it's not good. You got a good voice. It, I, I could hear it could be good. You know, it could be good. Yeah. yeah. Breath control. Breath control. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Let's, All right. Let's, my last question. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or just never get started? Wow. I think it's a person's perception of fear. I, I think to me, the only thing that kind of holds people back is fear. And it may be fear of failure. It may be fear of success. But I think like a true sort of entrepreneurial spirit, you know, the people that really do survive, they embrace that fear, you know, and embrace the failure when it happens, you know, and, and just celebrate, you know, that fear, that, that failure, because, you know, that's, that's how we learn. You know, you can do all the education you want. You can do everything, you know, you can read all the books, watch this, you know, the seminars, everything. But really when it comes down to it, it is just, you got to get in there, get your hands dirty. And that's when the learning really starts. So I, I think it's just your perception of fear and you just, you can't, you know, if you really want to do this thing, you just, you got to grab a hold of it and say, okay, bring it on. You know, I'm looking forward to that first failure. And uh, that's going to be my first lesson. So there you go. All right. Before we let you go, where can people find out more about you? I know you've got a website. Yeah. uh, Old. Yeah. I've got a podcast, a website. It's called Old Dogs, spelled D-A-W-G-S. Okay. Old Dogs, R-E-I Network. Dot com, and uh, they can go there. They you can uh, we're on iTunes and Google Play and all the other places and Stitcher and stuff. And uh, they can also punch in Old Dog and uh, and uh, find our podcast as well. Uh, so yeah, just uh, I can reach me through there, or they can just write to me Bill at Old Dogs REI Network Be happy to write you back. You're also cool. on Bigger Pockets. I am on Bigger. I'm a pro member. Woo-hoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's buddy. right. That's right. And I'm digging yeah. it. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brandon's, you know, chiding and, and, and <laughs> bugging of you probably stems from the, the whole old dog moniker. And, and so, you know, <laughs> there you go. We, we can't too, be too hard on him. You know, he can't really control himself. But, but Bill, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it. And, and you know, I mean, I, I do mean it. Thank you for all the, the things that you do. I mean, there's uh, the world needs people like you. So that's, that's awesome. And uh, I applaud you. And we really do appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you around, man. Well, thank you guys. And, and likewise, you know, I'll tell you one thing that really affected me was the fact that 
you do what you do because you love it. And you also, you you know, you're not selling anything, you know, you really aren't. And I'm, yeah, you got your books and, you know, and, and Brandon, you know, but (laughs) yeah, he's, he's a problem, but But he's a marketing guy. That's what what I do. But, you know, but no, seriously. And and it's that same approach, you know, that I took with the old dogs network is that I'm not charging anybody anything. I'm not going to have some $20,000, you know, mentoring fee or something. No, I mean, I, I think we got to help each other out. And I think, and that's, and I really admire you guys and your stance that you've taken. And, and that, uh, that had a lot of a big impression on me. So well, thank, thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. Good job, Josh. All right, Bill. Well, thank you again for your time. Be well, good luck to you. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again, hopefully soon. All right. You All right. bet. All right. Take Thanks, care. Guys. Bye. Take care, Bill. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was Bill Monticero. Wow. Yeah, that guy's legit. Wow. Brandon, how many times have you had dengue fever? <laughs> I have not had. I didn't yeah. even know that was still a thing, but apparently yeah. in other countries it is. But it is. Not it just is. it just shows he's got a he's got a good heart. You know, he's gonna put up with that. He had a good attitude about it. I mean, like he he was there, yeah, he got malaria, but I mean I, I know I was on his podcast a while back and we talked a little bit more about just the the, the stuff he did there, the work he did there, just incredible stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, just transforming hundreds, if not thousands, of kids' lives forever, uh, for ed- through education and, and through like and just empowerment, like he said, micro loans, all that stuff. It's so cool. It's a it's a neat organization. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah, good guy. And and I like his approach. I like the yep. the philosophy. The the idea starts small and kind of double each year. And and yeah. you know, and not being afraid to take that leap. Not being afraid to take the risk. You know, for example, on that twenty two property, the twenty two unit. You know. I, I may not know everything, but I know enough to feel comfortable. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to learn some things along the way and then we're going to keep going, right? Yep. That's I it. I love it. So, I love it. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, well what do you say? Yeah, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, probably just play with my little girl here. She's been really big into like laying on the ground, looking up in the sky and just laying there. It's been really fun. You know, being a dad is pretty cool. It is cool. I've been telling you that for a long time. I know. You've been telling me for years. I need to get a girl and uh, finally got myself a little girl. So There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. This is the Bigger Pockets podcast. Uh, you could connect with people like Bill and our other guests and hundreds of thousands of other amazing people by jumping on the site today, creating a free account at www.biggerpockets.com. Ask questions in our forums, biggerpockets slash forums. Read up on our blog. We actually, we got a great video library that we launched, biggerpockets.com slash videos and uh, watch all of our podcast videos and and other YouTube videos. It's awesome. So, you know, if you want to learn and don't want to pay, you know, anything (laughs) to do so, jump in, create a free account today and uh, get learning, get networking. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there. And until next time on the Bigger Pockets podcast, I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. 
Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.